Well, now we've talked about dicks a lot, so I know. I'm kind of hope that all of this. I hope that dicks is our cold open. No, I don't. I kind of don't want it to be our cold open. I'm not really. I'm not really comfortable with dicks being our cold open. But Shaheen laughed, and is that is that a, is that like? Do you give a thumbs up? Do you do you approve of cold open dicks, Shaheen? Oh, I'm yeah, I'm fine. So so, so basically, saying. if if Shaheen laughs at dicks, we put it in the cold open. <laughs> <laughs> is that is that our standard? He, is like, that like, he giggles. Is that our, like that's that, the best part. Is you that say dicks and Shaheen like is. giggles like a schoolgirl in the background over there. <laughs> Are we doing it? We're doing it. I'm almost done. Well, we're going to start then, because you don't usually talk at the beginning anyway. So hello, everybody, and welcome to Tepid Time. It's Mediocre Monday. <laughs> On the May We Geek Again podcast. <laughs> yes. Apologies, we all took our quaaludes. Somebody found the last, the last stash from the 1970s, and we thought, hey, <laughs> let's all go to the City of Light this week. <laughs> Oh, Jen, yeah, Jen's not so. drinking, so we decided to take it in the other direction. We're we're pretty chill. Okay. Pretty chill. All right, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, so yeah, welcome to May We Geek Again, episode nine. Um, we're diving into season three, um, the next four episodes of our little podcast we all know and love. I'm Jen. I'm one of your co-hosts. And joining me today is is human nougat Joe and and Shaheen. Mr. Preparation. You hey, say guys. human nougat like like it's a bad <laughs> thing, but I mean, hey guys. I, like, I mean, what would a, what would a Snickers bar be without nougat? What would Three Musketeers be without nougat? Like like three thousand percent better. Just fill that shit with nuts and caramel and chocolate, and that's all we need. Um, so you guys can find us on social media, at Twitter and Facebook at May We Geek Again. Um, come. Give us uh, a like on iTunes and a review, and also uh, come talk to us. Uh, Joe is thinking about doing more quizzes about um, who you find attractive and want to <laughs> touch the nibbly bits of. So I, she's just doing sex quiz. She's basically the Cosmo of our podcast now. Um, it, it's going to be painful. Um, we're going to give bad advice. You're probably going to have to go visit your family practitioner. It's fine. It's fun. And you can find my blog at freefloatingperspectives.wordpress or freefloatingperspective, I'm sorry, .wordpress.com. Way to know your own URL there. And you can find my blog at declareshenanigans.com and you can find me on Twitter at coolhandluket, where I just basically do things and stuff very specifically. So, as I mentioned, we are diving into uh, Season 3 of The 100, um, and we're going to be discussing the first four episodes of Season 3. So, let me run down the episode deets for you guys. So, Episode 1 is Juan Heda Part 1, written by Jason Rothenberg. Juan Heda Part 2 is written by Aaron Ginsberg and Wade McIntyre. They seem to write together a lot. Um, episode three is Ye Who Enter Here by Kim Shumway. And episode four, Watch the Thrones, is written by Dorothy Fortenberry. 
And guys, I have a love-hate relationship with season three. I think a lot of fans have things they love about season three and things that um, they absolutely do not like about season three. And of course, it was a season fraught with controversy outside of the realm of the show. Um, and we're probably not going to dig into that a lot because that's not what this podcast is about. It's not a social commentary podcast, although I realize when I get drunk, I go on social commentary <laughs> rants. So, so you're going to be drinking for the I next one. Said. You're, you're um, going to drink for the next one. I, no, I'm Let's not going to drink for the next one. We, we, we want to be very, um, we want to be very fair and pragmatic um, and not be a controversial podcast because that's not what we are. And that's not really the agreement we have when we publish uh, to Reddit. Um, Fucking so fun patrol we want to continue here. to promote this show on Reddit. We have to continue to not be assholes about things that uh, are controversial about the show. So we'll do our best. No promises, though, because I think we all know that I'm a dick. Um, <laughs> Joe's Joe, Joe agrees with that, and Shaheen probably agrees with that, too. So... Let's dive into the first four episodes. Guys, uh, I really love the first three and a half episodes, and then there's <laughs> there's a, there's half of another episode, which is just a flaming dumpster fire of <laughs> of bad uh, of plot before character that I have really struggled with throughout the whole season. What did you guys think uh, of the first four episodes? Let's go with you, Joe. Um, human new. I mean, like it sounds kind of endearing. Like you're trying to insult me, and I'm like, no, oh, that just sounds warm and fluffy. Um, first four episodes. Uh, yeah, there were parts where you're like, awesome, this is great, and then there were other parts where you're like, the fuck are we doing? Um, <laughs> and yeah, like it just it it was really, really uneven. Um, yeah. and I don't, I don't, I, yeah, like that's, that's really all I can say. And, you know, I know what's coming in the next batch of episodes that we have to watch, but I guess like, if I'm talking about like good shit, um, that happened, I, I, I was one of the, I, I know that the camp is sort of split between people who were like, oh, there was too much stuff in Polis versus like, oh, there wasn't enough stuff with Allie. Um, so I think in my opinion, I actually really liked the Polis stuff, um, mm -hmm. I think if anything, I was upset that it that they had to split it into A and B because like that would have been I would have liked both stories to have like continued concurrently. Um, I really like the Polis stuff. I think it could have stood alone on it on its own season. Um, but you know that's a separate issue, I guess. Yeah. Um, what about you, Shaheen? I love season three. I don't know what you guys are talking about. <laughs> You love season three because you love the Allie storyline so love much. Allie. You no, are I, in love with <laughs> Allie. I disagree. You want to take her chip, don't you, Shaheen? He would. He's already admitted <laughs> it. I would take her chip in a minute. Oh, yeah, buddy. <laughs> um, skeet, skeet. No, honestly, though, I, uh, I, I, I understand the problems with, with season three, but... Mm -hmm. um, uh, there's there's one thing that bothers me a lot about season three, and that's what they did with the City of Light, which we'll get to in, in later episodes. And it's not coming up yet. But um, the other stuff I, I can sort of, I, I have found 
enough explanation for myself to be happy with. So, yeah, I wish I was there with you, Shaheen. Like, so when I was writing my reviews, so I started writing reviews uh, for season three, I was trying to be very fair to the show and really. I think I had to make a lot of intellectual leaps to justify some of the the character developments and the the swiftness with which they moved through some character beats. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I think the, the the two biggest ones. I mean, obviously, Be- Bellamy's heel turn, um, where he basically comes out and um, uh, attacks Hulk Hogan and turns on Miss Elizabeth, was was not something that we had foreseen, really. Um, that's a wrestling reference to you guys. Um, uh, yeah, I was like, I know Hulk Hogan. What the fuck else are we talking about? Um, anyway. Yeah, no, Macho Man, I think, turned heel on Hulk Randy Hogan. Savage. Uh, macho Man. Um, Snap into a Slim Jim. That's all I know. Uh, so RIP, Macho Man, Randy Savage. Just Wait, like, he's just dead? Assume that, yeah, I mean, just assume that any wrestler from the 80s is dead, except for, of course, Hulk Hogan. Miss Elizabeth is dead, okay. too. So. Um, <laughs> Jesus, Downertown. Yeah, down downer time, but uh, you know, uh, it's it's not a kind business. Um, so, like his heel turn, there, you can justify it, but I think it was rushed. Mm-hmm. And I know there were things left on the the cutting room floor. There's also a criticism levied against um, <clears throat> the the Clark storyline, where uh, she agreed too quickly to. Uh, to, I guess, bow to Alexa or whatever. Um, but that made more sense to me when she basically said, we can either be the, the 13th station or the 13th clan. Um, it's like, we either, we either like get, get blown off the fucking face of the earth by, uh, a grounder army or we join the grounders. Um, so that, that was a little rushed. I think, I think a lot of things happened because, they wanted to cram too much story into season three and yes. really expand the world. And they did expand the world in excellent ways. I loved Polis. I loved the city of light. I loved seeing like, uh, Murphy and Amori off on their own, doing their own little bandit things. Um, and like going back to the drop ship and having those little character beats and whatnot, but they like, they needed a lop off. They need to lop off that whole Pike storyline and turn it into something completely different. And I thought it, I think it would have been a, a little bit more effective. Like, I mean, okay. I think what why they did that though is because they needed something for Bellamy to do because otherwise he didn't have anything to do. And so yeah, like it was like here's this storyline that is terrible and it ruins yeah. this beloved character, but we needed something for him to do. And I'm like, well, <clears throat> I mean. <sighs> I'm sorry, like, he didn't have anything to do, but, like, that was not the thing to do. Well, and they easily could have made Ice Nation a much bigger threat and, like, made Ice Nation a huge threat to Arcadia that Bellamy and Pike uh, yeah. and, and Kane and Abby and everybody else would have had to deal with, along with the threat of Allie, because Allie was, like, this just insidious thing. That that could have easily turned Arcadia into a wasteland much quicker than than she did. Um, so I, I just I felt that 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 tension that they tried to build and and the way they went about it. So I, I guess I'm getting into a little bit of, of character arcs here. So let's let, let, let's just transition into character arcs. So the whole thing of trying to make Bellamy a bad guy, not necessarily a bad guy, but a um, and I don't even want to use the word antihero. Uh, 
somebody who is just following the wrong path was basically um, his experience with the grounders throughout the whole time. But obviously, Gina was a plot device fridged. used fridged. They basically fridged her. And if you're unfamiliar with that term, it's basically a dead woman in a fridge that uh, that furthers the storyline of somebody else. Now, this used to mean it, it would. It used to mean that it furthers the storyline of the male character. That the you know the woman is in trouble, dies, gets stuffed in the fridge, and it it uh, I can't remember who who was it Plastic Man or the Flash or somebody in comic books has happened. This is where the term comes from. He found his wife stuffed in a fridge, um, and it was really just a plot device for the male narrative to move forward. Um, Gina was used in the same exact way, and I hate I hate the way this season just fed into certain tropes. Um, and I it's think a very tropey season for it was, a show that is it was not tropelicious. It was tropelicious, and I'm like, do not get too big for your britches and think that you can write better than a trope because tropes exist for a reason, and you cannot write yourself out of a trope. You have to avoid them altogether. You, you it just like you cannot elevate yourself above the trope, and they, they you know. Well, if you think it about it, was just so cheap. Is that really is that universally true though? Like, if you think about a movie like uh, Pulp Fiction, that's all it is. It's just tropes. It's a bunch of tropes. Yeah, but 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 it's tongue in cheek. I mean, that's that's um, oh, who's the director writer? Who's the writer director of that? Tarantino. Uh, Tarantino. Ta- that that's Tarantino's that's thing. That's his thing. Like all like Kill Bill. You saw so many different. Like Kill Bill is my favorite movie of his by far, far and away. I love Kill Bill, but it it plays on so many uh, genre um, movies, and and it, that's just he's doing it tongue in cheek, and he's doing it knowingly because it's it's a loving callback to those to those genres and common visuals and music and themes. Stranger Things is much the same way. It is a loving tribute to the horror and sci-fi stuff of the 80s that we all kind of grew up with and, and, and love. Um, well, if you're in my generation, uh, sorry, kids, if you're not familiar with the 80s, but we had great fashion and music back then. Um, but it's done knowingly. It's done consciously. Like, this season of 300, none of that shit was tongue-in-cheek or... Um, Clever. Clever. What is that? Oh, Antonio Brown is twerking. Sorry, guys. I've got the the Steelers and the, and the Redskins game on in the background, and Antonio Antonio Brown just caught a touchdown pass and started twerking. It was delicious. No, I'm focused on the podcast. Shaheen oh, so, is focused on the podcast. You're and there just is a man a dude twerking on my asses. TV. Um. Uh. Yeah. So the 300 doesn't do this self referentially. I think. I think they fell into the we are so good at what we do. We are breaking we are breaking a lot of rules on television. We are progressive. We are blah 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 blah. And they fed into their own hype when it came to the quality of of the writing. their writing. And that's not a that is not a a, a diss on the writers. I think the show is f- more well written than most of the shit on TV. Uh that it's on the CW is unfortunate because of the reputation that the the network has that it's honestly it's trying to turn around um plus but plus if it were on like stars there might be nudity and i don't think anyone would complain dude oh okay so (laughs) (laughs) 
Shaheen is just like, I, he's staring off into space right now thinking about nudity Allie. in the City of Light and Allie and all of that. Right, Shaheen? Uh, negative. <laughs> I was thinking about how to respond to the things that you were saying. So Now you're thinking about nudity in the City of Light. Now, now so. yes. Yeah. Um, so, so for talking, let me, let me, ugh, I got a new mouse, guys, and it goes to sleep on me, and it doesn't scroll very well. It's just a failure on all things. Um, so, yeah, so Bellamy's storyline was um, pretty problematic. Um, um, as far as, like, something I thought was, was done really well um, in this feeds into the, the City of Light is Raven's. Um, Raven's storyline um, at the very beginning where it establishes how much pain she's in. Um, it, it's just like these little drop-ins here and there that eventually are going to build up to the, she's going to be the, the first important domino to fall in Allie's plan to take over Arcadia. So I thought that was set up really well. Um, and of course she gets blown up again. Like, dude, Raven always gets blown up. Yes. That's her thing. That is her thing. So as far as character arcs that uh, were established and you felt were important in the first four episodes of season three, guys, tell me a little bit about your favorites. Oh, we're doing character arcs now? Yes, we are. Yeah. We're talking about characters. We're talking about character arcs. Things about the characters, the people in the show that have names and faces and say things. (laughs) I feel like Bellamy made most of his stupid decisions in episode one. <laughs> like episode one, taking Jasper on the mission on a sensitive mission that everyone was worried about, and everyone's like, "This is Sector Seven. It's right on the Ice Nation border, etc." He took Jasper with him, and then he ignored protocol. <laughs> he was like, "Screw protocol!" And then they killed those grounders. Uh, it was just one stupid decision after another. To be fair, Guess- though, he made none of those decisions alone. Like, uh, taking Jasper, Monty was actually ba- basically pressuring him and ignoring protocol. <clears throat> everyone agreed. Um, yeah. And then, like, killing the grounders, I guess everyone but, agreed, too. But, so. but that's their thing, though. Like, when it comes to the, the rules that adults put in place, and we've talked about this before, the delinquents pretty much ignored those rules. They're like, eh, yeah. fuck it. Yeah. I about taking Jasper along, Shaheen. I was thinking about this yesterday. I'm like, what? Why the fuck take Jasper anywhere with you? Like, it was a bad idea taking him to Luna's oil rig too. That didn't work out too well <laughs> for the delinquents. Like that dude. Like, I would just like prop him up on a bar stool in Arcadia and just let him go for it. <laughs> let people self destruct. Yeah. They don't need to be saved. Fuck them. But in any case, I mean, it just shows that Bellamy continues to make rash decisions um, to save those that he cares about. Um, I mean, he also put on the Asgeta costume and marched through the army uh, to save Clark. He was ready to uh, start following Roan again with his wounded leg and everything. So that's just how he do. Um, yeah, I mean, he's just he he's driven by his emotions and the passion of the moment, um, which is yeah. not necessarily a bad thing. But in season three, it's it's really, really bad for for Bellamy because he makes some really dumb, dumb choices. And there is some foreshadowing, uh, like when he kills the the elevator dudes 
this is both foreshadowing yeah. for like this is showing where where he is at the moment yeah. uh and also it shows how um it, it's foreshadowing for what happened in the in the finale so that's interesting um and like we see how he's salty with indra he's like um your people are big on those kill orders um and you know when when indra is explaining the superstition that you get the power of whoever you kill bellamy is shown shaking his head so <laughs> he's clearly he's uh he's had enough of the grounders um he's really upset about the fact that they let them um they left them to die in the most gruesome manner yeah um and he doesn't trust them with good reason too uh yeah the the thing that we don't know is so at the end of season two uh i guess some somehow a truce forms between lexa and and arcadia where she doesn't go after them and they don't go after her like how was that brokered well, like, well, there okay, was a truce, just... but when they decided to attack Mount Weather together, and oh, then, so you think so that was still in place? Then. Yeah, I mean they okay. they betrayed the grounders betrayed <laughs> the Sky People, but there was no w- war declared on them. So you know, there's still there's oh, nice. still that sort of uh, limbo of truce, but we're not really friends, and you left us to die, so fuck you, and you know, and. Mm-hmm. Um, I was actually going to talk more about Arcadia and, and how the average Arcadian must be feeling at this point. Uh, because I feel like that's what, that was one of the things that was left out uh, as a result of what you said, Jen, about trying to cram three stories into one season. Three like major complicated stories. And, you know, so if you think about it from the point of view of the average Arcadian, um, the grounders have really done nothing to show that they care at all about the lives and livelihoods of sky people. Um, I mean, we've seen what they did in season one, season two, right? So from the, uh, the point of view of the average Arcadian, um, they're really not, there's no reason to trust the grounders. Um, they, you know, they showed up at least twice to wipe them out. So they've shown that they're willing to do that, including Lexa, including Tree Crew. Um, they're, they have shown that they have no moral scruples for wiping an entire civilization off, uh, off the face of the earth. And the, um, and they betrayed them. They left them to die. They left them to be tortured to death. So there's really no, and, and everything they remember is they speared us for no reason. They, they crucified us. Um, to to as a move to like make te- send a message or something, um, and you know obviously the story has two sides, and you can tell the story from the grounder side too. But what I'm trying to say is, from the point of view of the Arcadian, the average Arcadian, this is bullshit. Like the grounders have really been nothing but terrible to them, and then you have these leaders of them, Abby and Kane, who are just being. Um, all buddies with the grounders and they're being so nice to them and they're, they're giving them, they're making all these concessions to them. Um, they say, stay out of this area. They say, okay, like the grounders had really no right 
to tell the, the sky people to stay out of Mount Weather. You left them there. You betrayed them. They won the war. They took it fair and square. It's none of your business. Um, yeah, this is thing- my question. Why Why didn't they get to stay at Mount Weather? Like, why was this a problem? Like They were they just well, like, I we think, don't like it. It offends us. So you're well, not no, allowed I mean, to that, do it. So, so Lincoln, And if you do it, it we'll was, murder you. It was either Lincoln or Sexy Nyko who said that this place is, is never meant anything other than death for our people. Yeah. Okay, so but, why, but so Sky why, Crew so is why not going to believe living, them. Why aren't people living in previous prison camps then? But here's okay the thing. It didn't that. mean death to Sky Crew. And also yeah, prison camps are not very nice places. Like Mount Weather is like <laughs> cushy as fuck. Yeah, not not if you're a grounder though. You were kept in a cage like well, an animal. So and grounders didn't have to live there. Like nobody was asking the grounders to live there. I think it I think it was important to set up the the so so here's a here's a word that's very popular nowadays. The optics were bad um when Sky Crew started moving back in because um Mount Weather is this unassailable uh, this unassailable place. And then if, if Sky Crew decided that they wanted to turn aggressive, they could easily use uh, the mountains technology against the grounders. Um, yeah, and, no, and, actually and there's every sense. reason for them I to mean, do so. There's every reason for, for Sky Crew to do so, given what the grounders have done uh, to them and Lex's betrayal and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So you can sure. kind of see like the, the bad decisions uh, not the bad decisions, but the decisions that people make have consequences. So Lexa leaving uh, Sky Crew's ass hanging out at at Mount Weather and just so going uh, see it wouldn't want to be a um, makes her look weak, puts Clark in a lot of danger, puts Sky Crew in a position where they can't really uh, puts Sky Crew in a, a bad position where they they'll look like an aggressor if they if they move into Mount Weather. Um, because I don't know. I feel like they should get the to call taste. dibs on that. They should get to call dibs. Like, I'm sorry. They, they want it. Like that was, that was it, the thing. Yeah, like if, you, thing. if you're a grounder though, you don't want you them anywhere near right. here. I, I, I think is yeah. both, both of you are right. I, like what I'm saying is it actually makes sense. If you think of it if, uh, from the grounder perspective, Sure. Uh, There's just like, well, if you move into this, like you're really similar. Like, remember back in season two, um, Gustus was telling Lexa that uh, the sky people are more like mountain mountain men than they're like us. So they always have this image of, well, you're very similar to them and you don't really like us. And we've been at war. And if you move in there, you have all this uh, weaponry. You can you can drop missiles on us again and all of that. Um, yeah. and, and there's also this symbolic aspect of it, this mythological aspect of it that they 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 hate that place and uh, it offends them that anyone would live there, a place where you know all these atrocities have taken place. At the same time, they have no right to to tell them what to do. Um, like there's nothing that licenses, right? So like it's there's like no, you, the no, last like, agreement no that deed. you have. There's no deed, like. <laughs> Right, it's like, like, no, I mean, like, like the last thing that happened was you agreed with, uh, you made an agreement with Cage to never go near Mount Weather anymore, to never go in that territory. Um, and, you know, Lincoln was banished. Lincoln has a kill order on him because he violated that agreement. Yeah. Um, 
So that agreement is is null and void with with uh with exactly the, death, the person who made that agreement died. So that's it. That's the last thing that was. You know, that's the last the agreement that you had. So you have no right to say go there or not go there. If anything, so, you shouldn't go there because that was the last thing that you agreed to. So you know. Um, so so basically, Joe, Joe, you want the you want Sky Crew to call no cuts, no butts, no coconuts, and take Mount Weather. I because, want them because they like, want it. Listen, but that's you not guys... Abby and Kane. That, but that's not Abby and Kane's mo. They're trying to get along. No, but, to but, get along. but but but. I know that they're trying to get along to get along. And here's the thing. That's where like a little bit of extra like diplomacy would come in and be like, so listen, hey, we have a treaty. I'm going to move my people in here because fuck, like it would be dumb to waste this place. Like there's medical shit. There's ways to grow food. Like this is great. Let's disarm this place or at least whatever. You know, like, I'm sorry, Lexa, you bet on like, don't get me wrong. Like I fucking love Lexa, but she, she bet on the wrong pony and you lost. Never they, bet against Sky Clark. Crew. Sky Crew should get to move in. That is my that is my thing. So um, so the thing so, is, our, so the rule is never bet against Clark. <laughs> Ever. Like Ever. I don't even know why people never. bother anymore. Like this entire show Ever. should just end. Ever. Yeah. Just. And just then stop. so meanwhile you have Abby <laughs> and Kane uh, making all these concessions and they're like, oh, you you'll be offended if we move there. Okay, then we won't. And, you know, you, if from the point of view of the average Arcadian, this is, if, if you want to make a historical reference, this is like uh, what they called uh, policy of appeasement in, in, yeah. the, in the 30s, um, uh, you know, usually associated with the uh, British Prime Minister Chamberlain, uh, who, you know, was saying, oh, well, Hitler wants this area, we'll just give it to him. He wants Saarland. All right, he can have it. He's going to violate this this part of the treaty. We're going to have a, a let him a let him do it. And and the reason, of course, the, the part of the reason was that the treaty, the Versailles Treaty, was very unfair. But um, but anyway, they were like, all right, you can have this, you can have that. And there were people who were saying uh, that this is stupid, that you're making concessions to them, you're just emboldening them. Um mm-hmm. That, that and they're going to attack you. So, um, so, so let's talk about that then. Cause that's one of my, that's one of my themes, um, mm-hmm. is, is the, is the grab for power and how once you have power, all of, it seems like all of your concentration is, uh, it is, is, is towards keeping that power. Lexa, I mean, obviously that's a huge preoccupation with Lexa. That's why she she sends Roan after um after Clark because of the one hated title. Um Kane and Abby don't seem to realize it until too late that they need to be very concerned about the chancellorship within Arcadia. They just see like Kane and Abby are just so fucking stupid. Like they pass around that chancellor pin like a hot potato and completely forget, oh yeah, we're gonna have um we actually have to hold an election and people actually have to vote a chancellor in. Um, and that backfired on them. So it's, it's like there's this tenuous grasp that people have on power. Um, I think you see it with Clark where um, like she starts off the season kind of in a badass mode. And I'm like, I, I was like, yes, Farrell Clark. She's angry. This is going to be like her being really powerful. She has red this hair because she's troubled. Yeah. Well, and she's going through a phase because it's cool to be a ginger, but not really. It's not a phase, mom. All right. 
It's cool to be a ginger until you get the skin cancer, and then it's no longer cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, like she was trying to broker um, deals with Rowan, and he was trying to broker deals with her, and like it, you know, use the the power that they had within the political system or the world um, to make certain things fall into place. And then it all falls apart for Clark. I think the moment where she tries to assassinate um, Naya and Antares like s- sniffs that shit out real quick. And then and then all of Clark's power just seems to drain from her. And we get this kind of tepid. There's that word again. Tepid and muted Clark tepid. for the rest of the season. Like, like I am so dis- like I'm disappointed in a lot of things that happen this season. But when it comes to my favorite character and them just kind of neutering her as far as her agency in the world, I was like, all right, I need to get out. We need to get out of the season and back to like season one and two (laughs) where Clark had power and she was like working with the delinquents and shit and everybody was empowered to make decisions and to like think up things to do and blow shit up and like you know, rig radios and stuff like that. I, that's the shit I want to see. I want to MacGyver some shit and like sing in cars again and like have <laughs> Raven blow up bridges. Not this, let's shuttle Clark off to Polis for half the season and have everybody else on the other side of the world for half the season and nobody fucking talking. Let's talk Raven about that again. Conversation. Oh, Jesus, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Can we get a meeting on somebody's schedule between Polis and Arcadia to talk some shit out? Can I get right. a conference like, okay. call? Jump on a so goddamn that scene, Webex. So we can there was, there was a scene where, where, where Bellamy, you know, Bellamy's trying to convince Clark to come back. And he's like, you know, she left us, blah, blah, blah. And like, A, Clark, as her line to him was, I'm sorry. Because of course, Clark just needs to keep apologizing to people. But it was, I'm sorry. Here's the thing that I'm trying to do. Like, it yeah, could have I mean, just been like, you just had to be to like Abby. two sentences. Yeah. She explains it to Abby. I have to stay here so she keeps her word. Yeah. Uh, but, but was Bellamy, like, not eavesdropping on that conversation? What was he doing? Was he thinking about his glorious hair? I mean, what was going on? Fucking talk, people. <laughs> Fucking sit down, talk. Have a cup of tea. Have a cup of coffee. Get some coffee cake up in that bitch. Have some donuts, some kolaches. Are you hungry? Sorry, folks. Oh, yeah, I didn't eat dinner. Sorry. Um, I was like, (laughs) fucking like, dude, if I need to, if I need to figure some shit out, I figure out who I need to get on the phone call. And I go, will you join my WebEx in two hours so we can talk about this shit? And we'll go through a PowerPoint and iron everything out. Everything will be great. And we won't kill each other. And that'll be awesome. Well, to be fair, they have neither internet nor PowerPoint. God damn it, Shaheen. Fucking (laughs) Shaheen. Look, if Raven um, got on that shit, they would have internet and WebEx and all that kind of shit. Just give Raven some things to do other than, like, get balloons up all the time. Going back to what you said about Clark uh, being isolated, uh, that didn't make me upset because, um, as I've said before, I watched the show not for any particular character, but for the ensemble of the characters. And I, and I like the fact that um, they ebb and flow and that sometimes they take center stage and they play a a big role and then sometimes they don't. Um, I would actually like the show less if one person was always uh, the one calling the shots. Um, So that's just kind of like we have different expectations. So that was one thing that 
I wasn't upset about because I had a different expectation from the show. I, but I think it's I think it's a common criticism with season three is mm-hmm. that the delinquents are separated for so long, and I understand that they needed to further they needed to, to further a storyline in Polis. I love the political aspect of it. I think Nio was a wasted opportunity. I think Ontario 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 was a wasted opportunity. Ontari. Um, they would have been so good. Like it was like this big bad that was built up and built up and then dead. Just and yeah. her character design was so fucking awesome. I'm like, Brenda Strong looked fucking tight. Like as she queen was like Naya. gonna be like this like evil bitch queen, and I was so into it. And then you're like, nope, she's dead. JK. Yeah, I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. The spear, it's like the spear it's so much- would have been great. Like yeah. it was awesome, but like if they had stretched out this whole story throughout the season, and then at the very end she had been speared through the heart, then yes. Awesome. Amazing. Um, But you know, like it was like. We needed like bat. We needed like. So certain uh, cliches are okay. I think. Like I think like if she when they they don't happen, you want them. When they happen, you say it's cliche. I don't. I'm confused. I'm a very complicated person. (laughs) It depends on how well it's done. I mean, there seemed to be a lot. uh, There seemed to be a lot um, sacrificed for certain storylines that they needed to move forward. There was a lot sacrificed um, at the altar of Bellamy's heel turn. There was a lot sacrificed at the altar of um, of Clark and Alexa's relationship. There was a lot sacrificed with um, Antari moving her forward as the fake commander. Like, so much shit was, was, trying, was being crammed into this season that nothing got room to breathe. Um, and the the highs were really, really high and the lows were really, really low. And that's why I'm like, I love this season so much. And then there are just parts of it that I just would excise out like a bad tumor. Um, I, I don't know if tumors are ever good, um, unless they're benign, but it's not like, Oh yeah, I have a tumor. Hope it's benign. <laughs> um, so while we're still uh, talking a little bit about, I mean, is there anything Joe you want to talk about when it comes to characters? I just, I, I mean, I liked, I liked that we saw um, Indra smile. Like, turns out Indra can Aww. smile. That's not really. That was just cute. Um, no, and I mean, I, I, the only, the only other thing I would say is uh, like Rome talking to Clark, saying um, like these, de- their deaths are on you. Like before he like kills a bunch of his own people um, to like, because she, you know, started some shit. Um, and I, you know, that just kind of goes back to like more shit on Clark, um, you know, in terms of her being responsible for deaths or whatever. But um, other, yeah, no, I think we've kind of covered the major things. Like, I think that these few episodes are actually more Bellamy figuring out what, you know, just what the fuck is going on. Anyway, onward. Yeah, well, there's there's some there's some very fan servicey moments uh, in, in these four episodes, too, which, you know, I'm I'm a little bit. uh I really like them when they happen, but when you look when you look back on it, you're like, oh, I kind of fangirled out right there. And I'm Jesus Christ, I'm like, no, I'm too old to fangirl for some of this stuff. <laughs> um, I was like, going to sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I was just going to finish my point about Bellamy, if that's okay. Sure. Um, Everybody loves Bellamy. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say that based on uh, everything that I said. The, the stuff about Bellamy in these uh, episodes showing he, he, he still is that, that same, uh, has that same character that we expect, that he has this the, uh, some flaws and he makes rash, rash decisions, but he's very protective and all of that. Um, 
and the, the way the Arcadians must be feeling at this point and the way Bellamy himself must be feeling at this point. Uh, he's basically been betrayed by every grounder he knows except for Lincoln, although Lincoln left him at the intake door too. But um, Oh, he didn't. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I was thinking the wrong one. Yeah, you're right. And, but he, uh, was, he was on the meth at the time. Yeah. And so he's very pissed at Lexan, he's very pissed at Clark. Uh, and if you think about things that Clark says or does about Lexan in um, 3 or 3, in episode 3 of season 3, this mm-hmm. is like, uh, this should be how Bellamy still feels. Because the only thing that changes for Clark is uh, Lexa swearing fealty to her. And no one else knows about that. So. Uh, Bellamy must still be feeling the same way Clark feels about Lexa, which is, you know, go float yourself. I'll never bow to you. Uh, you know, she was like, Naya is worse than Lexa. Like, Lexa is pretty awful. Naya is worse than her. Um, but the, she, but she the tries thing to is murder like- her. You know, she says she has to stay to make sure Lexa keeps her worse so she doesn't trust her. So, you know, um, given all of that, I wasn't, uh, the Bellamy's turn wasn't, jarring for me um but i understand that a lot of this is filling the gaps and wasn't really on the screen i guess what i really i really dislike when people don't think strategically and think at a large level beyond kind of their own personal sphere of of experience and influence Mm -hmm. and that's kind of how i see bellamy he's he's very reactionary in, in the world the the very small little ecosystem around him what he can touch and feel if things are things are hurting in that in that small little sphere of influence, uh, he wants to f- to fix it, um, and that's not necessarily a bad thing until you start making bad decisions and those bad decisions uh, wreak havoc on the world as as they do in season three. What Clark is doing is like she doesn't forgive Lexa. So if if anyone's like, oh well, she gave she forgave Lexa really quickly in, in uh, episode three, and that was so fan servicey at the end with the with the uh, pledge of fealty. Yes, it was fan servicey, and people freaked out about it. Um, and it was it was both great and kind of like, oh god, they went there, um, and and fan serviced us. But Clark doesn't forgive Lexa. She knows that her personal feelings for Lexa aren't going to um, aren't going to protect. Or, 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 or um, her personal feelings for Lexa, she has to set them aside in order to further Sky Crew's place in the world and protect them. Because she's, you know, the 13th station versus the 13th clan, that becomes very, very important. And we see in the next set of episodes, in, in actually the one called 13, the mythology of what happened with the 13th station and why it's such an important thing that they they try to create a strategic alliance to protect themselves against Naya and Ice Nation um, because there's no because Sky Crew would be caught in the middle. Kane was very right where this might not be our in our war, but we're going to be squished like a bug in the middle of these two because we simply don't have the military might to do anything about it. So we need to align ourselves with. Um, with Lexa and the other 12 clans. Um, so, I mean, I, 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 like, I like how Clark thinks strategically, and that often makes her decisions seem cold, you know? I mean, um, it's kind of a parallel, isn't it, to the season finale of season, of season two? Like, you know, Lexa had to do pretty much the exact same thing um, 
you know, yeah. put aside your feelings, and, be kind of cold. Um, and it turns out yeah. that for Lexa, that was actually kind of a bad decision. Um, and, you know, maybe it'll end up being the Clarks was kind of a bad decision or it was a good decision, but circumstantially it was not so great. It's, it's a, it's, it's a good decision in the grand scheme of things, but personally it, it hurt, you know, her Lexa's decision hurt her and put her herself at risk. Um, Clark's decision, um, didn't Clark's decision for the, to, to like join the coalition was fine. Everything else around her, everyone else around her turned that to shit. Uh, because, because Bellamy and, and her didn't have that two second conversation where, Hey, we're two part seconds. of them now. Just two They're seconds. Gonna, I'm going to stay here and make sure she keeps her word. And if she doesn't, we're, we're outie and we'll, we'll do whatever we need to do. It's just like, huh, just, just pull somebody aside and say, Hey, look, here's what's going on. Let's have a little uh, chat. Don't get offended. <laughs> if I stay here, it's not that I don't like you. Um, but again, Bellamy gets, gets very personally hurt. Uh, and, 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 and it, it makes sense. It, it makes a lot more sense than in, in episode five when he explains himself and, and they had Clark and he, and have, have the, that great scene in, uh, Hakeldema. Um, but we'll get to that in, in our next episode. So let's start talking about, um, let's talk about world building moments because I think, I think season three, uh, does a shit ton of world building, uh, and, it it makes the season feel a lot bigger and a lot more important. Um, so I I really like Polis. I think Polis was cool. Um, I Joe, you like the you like the Nightbloods. Yeah, I think I, I mean I think that was a, a really interesting twist. That that I think a lot of it was a twist that those of us who were conspiracy theorists on Reddit saw coming when we yeah. <laughs> examined shit really closely. Uh, with the trailer? Well, I mean, I think what it was is um, I, I'm usually not a fan of, you know, kids on shows or whatever. Stranger Things, the exception. Yeah, um, definitely. But, uh, you know, like, once you sort of saw that they were kids and you're like, oh, these kids have to kill each other. Like, y- you know, like, it's 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 interesting, you know, being, you know, that they, like, have this pool to groom from or whatever. I mean, why they would yeah, have but them kill each other is sort we of We don't know that yet, because, though. We, we don't know had, what Did the you not get the means. sense that, like, there was going to be, I knew that there was going to be some sort of a trial of physicality because, like, Lexa was talking about how Aiden was, you know, better than she was at his con- at her own conclave. So I feel yeah. like whether or not we knew that they were going to have to fight each other, um, you knew that, like, something was coming. Yeah, but I I didn't I I think I didn't expect the 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 horrible succession planning of kill off all the possible commanders until one. Yeah, that didn't seem, that's not very smart when when they're not. Kind yeah, of not rare. very smart. The ground the grounders aren't really great when it comes to uh, thinking long term planning. Yeah, they're very yeah, shortly they're, focused. Which yeah, you they're kind, kind of like Bellamy that, in that respect. Right, I was just gonna say like, why doesn't Bellamy get along with them better? <laughs> well, uh, no, uh, I mean, normally one of them would survive, and no one would kill that person. And then but they're not be- even allowed to reproduce. But the thing is, they have a short they have a short time sp- uh, our lifespan, though. Uh, like it seems like the commanders are popped off fairly quickly. Like once you become the commander, uh, it's really hard to stay the commander or to stay alive. Actually, um. 
Yeah, so, that's true. So, so uh, the other thing, uh, the other thing I want to mention, because I think it's really, really important um, as far as the world building is um, the, the, uh, the composer changed for season three and it became uh, Tree Adams' job to score the original soundtrack for the, for the, the show. And it really, I, I think it, it's so good and it elevates the show from an oral perspective, A-U-R-A-L. Um, and then visually, it seemed like they had a little bit more um, talent in the director's chair or they did something to change the cinematography that it, it, it started to look less and less like a CW show. And more and more, uh, I don't want to say professional, but it just looked more polished. Polished, that's yeah. what I'll say. Um, so so uh, good news is Tree Adams is back for season four. So yay! Because um, he just did some fantastic work there. And I think it would be remiss of us not to mention uh, his involvement in season three. Um, as far as world-building moments, what are some of yours, uh Shaheen. Um, all right. So I just want to mention quickly that we're in season we've we're in season three. I mean we finished season three and there are still so many places in the intro sequence that we haven't seen yet. There's the quarantine zone, there is the uh the bunker, there's the uh the so-called uh capital city. Uh and I don't know when or whether any of these are gonna gonna be introduced. Um, but anyway, just throwing that out there. Um, so I would like to talk about, oh, and I just want to also mention real quick that Polis is Baltimore. That's confirmed by Roan's map or somewhere near Baltimore. So we know where Tan DC is, it's Washington DC and Polis is, uh, near Baltimore. So an hour away. Um, so that's confirmed. That's not theory. Yeah. Uh, I wish it looked more like Baltimore though. Um, yeah, I mean that that tower doesn't exist in modern in current day Baltimore, but again, the the world was destroyed in 2052, so yeah. that tower could have gone up anywhere between now and and that that time frame. Yeah. So my main one is going to be the City of Light. I like how they introduced the City of Light. Um they the exposition was good because they didn't front load a bunch of stuff. They weren't like Here's what the city of light is. It, this is how it works. You swallow this chip and it's a virtual reality. It wasn't like that. It was very slow. It happened uh, within the course of two episodes. And then later, you know, from episode mm-hmm. five, five on. Um, but it was still, it was at least for me, it wasn't confusing. Um, I, I f- felt like. No, it was mysterious. Like yeah, it was amazing. It was, it was still like. The details were mystery. unclear and it was mysterious, but I, I, I was kind of. Happy with what I had, I could work I, it out. I feel like Can we talk pacing? about John Murphy for two seconds. Well, like John Murphy in the intro. Yeah, just but yeah. just a second. I think the pacing of how they revealed everything about the City of Light, that was the thing that was done correctly when it comes to pacing in the uh-huh. show. Um, but yeah, no. So so uh, uh, about John Murphy. Just just he's great, the end. Like he was so great <laughs> at the beginning of yeah. so the, like I love that like he got he was supposed to die. Like this character was supposed to die in season one. And they gave him like the fucking like cold open giant, like act your ass off, go crazy in a bunker. I just, I the am end. Not, back to you, Sean. Uh, 
is that a conf- is that confirmed that he was supposed to die in season one? Because I I know Jasper was supposed to die in season one, but I've never heard that John Murphy was supposed to die in season one. I th- yeah, that's, not like I wasn't sure about that. I mean, in terms of I th- I think I remember reading something about that, like similar to uh, Lindsay Morgan and um, shit. What's his name? Who plays Jasper? Um, basically, I guess just that, like Devin Bostic. Oh, this Devin this Bostic. kid, yeah, uh, Devin. Um, that oh, this kid's fucking awesome. Um, I think it was. I remember. I I want to say I remember reading something about how it was just you know he was whether or not he was going to come back or anything like that or whether or not they were going to kill him off. But then it turns out that you know John Murphy is fucking great. Richard well, Harmon. yeah. So I mean, I just know. I I just know that he. I, I I know that Jasper was supposed to die from the spear at the end of the pilot, and then I know that Monroe has died several times throughout <laughs> the show. <laughs> Um, until her She's actual the best demise. red shirt. It, it, yeah. Best red uh, shirt. Uh, yeah, so I, n- that is unconfirmed. But yeah, I I can't remember if that was a cold open or or if they had a previously on um, to, to intro season three. Uh, that was a great cold open. I mean, that was unexpected that they'd, they'd, they'd open with John Murphy in the bunker. But that was that was great. And then... It was a good way to move the story, like to be like to kind of talk about the alley stuff in a way. Yeah, that, that was really gave good. Gave him how this knowledge that. that no one else has. Did you like guys he, notice that that was the one scene where Ali wasn't wearing the uh, the red dress? Yeah, she was wearing. <laughs> was she wearing whatever Becca was wearing, yeah. or was she just wearing something gray? I think she was wearing the same thing that Becca was wearing that day. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I don't know I, when, I, why she switched to the red dress and why she never changes anymore. And, and, and I, I like to think it's a nod to Battlestar. Like that's that's my headcanon well, that they are like given a little. Uh, number three wasn't always in red. No, six was always. Or number in red. six, sorry, number six was. I mean, always not in always, red. always, but she also wasn't a hologram. Like she had to change her fucking clothes. Um, she was but, like, a she hologram, was, or she was in the in uh, in his head. Yeah, she was a figment of his imagination. Um, yeah, I, think. I don't anyway, know. I, she wasn't always. I in think. Red. I think Allie. I think Allie's. Um, I think the choice of red was very important because of the visual, just the the jarring visual differentiation between yeah. that red dress <laughs> and a lot of the other set pieces. Gray, gray, gray brown, dark brown earth tones. Yeah. So I think I, I think and then and she's and then clean he, like there is no she's she, clear she clearly doesn't she's, belong. Her lipstick is flawless. <laughs> she's got those six inch fuck me heels. I mean, she was perfect. Honestly, honestly, right? walking like I kind through of, the mud of Arcadia uh, <laughs> with those. Don't watch your ankles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so anyway, I I, I wanted to um, give a quick explanation of what. The city of light is supposed to be uh, like, sort of technically, technologically. Other than Vancouver, um, because is, is this your opinion? No, no. I just want to explain what what a virtual reality is supposed to be. Um, and I feel like I don't know if there are, how much people are familiar people with this. People don't know what what a virtual reality is. I have come to. I mean, are in, we kind of not there yet with our cultural understanding of it? I feel like we're not because mansplain when I talk to, to people, <laughs> having yeah, talked to people it. about having talked to people about the city of light, um, I feel like kind of feel like people aren't quite clear on what it is. So um, you're calling them dumb, Shaheen. That's what I'm getting. 
that you're calling redditors um, and our listeners dumb. Thanks. Thanks, everybody. Stop podcast now. Explode everything. <laughs> <laughs> uh, read it however you want. So quickly, let's let's yeah. Uh, ex- so ex- mansplain it to us. Basically, um, you you should think of it this way: your brain is a basically a gigantic network, uh, a gigantic sit- circuit where there's electric pulse being sent around all the time. And these pulses meet at certain places where we call synapses and they either augment each other or um, uh, cancel out. This is oversimplification, obviously. Um, so you have like a, a circuit that it's kind of like a, a computer code. It's like zeros and ones. Um, so you can take that and reproduce it, simulate it in a computer system. Um, the only difference would be, uh, so, okay, so your brain is the circuit and what it does is it interacts with the world. It takes signals from uh, other things outside of it and it interacts with them. Um, now you can reproduce those other things also in that world, right? So you can simulate a chair, you can simulate a tree, etc. And they would just be sending the same sorts of signals that a real tree would be sending to your brain. Uh, so if you were in it, you don't feel you, you, it to you, it feels as real as anything else, right? So it's a, as real as the world feels to us. And th- the best way to think about it is, um, you really have no evidence right now. You and I have no evidence that we're not in a virtual reality for all we know, uh, that's what's happening to us. So I've had, um, a lot of discussion with, with people when, um, they say that, the city of light isn't real. And I just wanted to explain that, well, it depends on what you mean by real. I mean, when you're inside it, it's an interactive world, just like our world. Your brain is just like your brain now. The only difference is your brain isn't um, uh, loaded on a carbon-based circuit. It's loaded on a silicon-based circuit. But it's still the same pattern of signals being sent around. And just because you're inside of a computer chip doesn't mean that you don't have... Uh, autonomy. Your your mind could still make decisions for itself uh, inside of that virtual reality, just like your brain does. It's it's just the uh, an algorithm that makes decisions, right? And yeah, but what it, what about our souls, Shaheen? What about our souls? <laughs> Shaheen yeah, well, is a godless heathen. We all know this. Yes, I was that explaining this that, from. Well, okay, so there, but so take the word view. soul out of it and and substitute consciousness then, um, uh-huh. because. Because there's got to be, so, there has to be a ghost in the machine. There has to be something that sits on top of all these little electrical things, or maybe, or maybe these electrical things make up a a higher machine. Because you know, I I don't feel love or hate for things. I don't believe simply because things are. Well, I don't know. It's, I mean, you're whatever this is your a tough discussion is. Uh, it's it's something that emerges out of these electric signals. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Chemicals unless again, unless you believe in the soul, unless you believe that there's there's truly a another substance that uh, that yeah, I don't inheres I, in I don't us believe that other than the material substance. But otherwise, if you think that you're just this this material body, then you know whatever your consciousness is, it must be either identical with some pattern of those signals, or it emerges out of those signals. And there's no reason to think that the same thing couldn't happen if, if these signals were 
simulated and reproduced in a different medium. So, um, so, uh, so you're saying that if if we accept the premise that feelings are simply these electrical impulses and chemicals and all that kind of stuff, they could be recreated in a machine. We mm-hmm. could teach a machine how to love, yes, or hate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the, the kind the of programming that- AI becomes very, very, very complicated. It's why you don't actually have, um, like, why uh, checkout counters, um, you know, the self service checkout things, yeah, uh, at a grocery store are too ca- stupid. Um, well, it's also you can't have a machine. A machine trying to figure out whether something is cilantro or parsley is very, 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 very difficult to program. Versus the amount of time that it takes a person is a nanosecond to to sort of figure that out. So actually, programming artificial intelligence um, with sort of all of these rules, like all of the chemical rules and electrical rules that our brain uh, sort of is bound by, that's the difficulty uh-huh. of it. Pro- programming an environment that that you can trick your brain into, that's one thing. But like something like Ali is very, very difficult because there's, a- and as it turns out, uh, it's hard to do it without, without her trying to kill everyone. Um, because <laughs> you, give, you yeah. give a machine a job and tell it to do the job and it's going to do the job might kill everybody. Uh, yeah, and that's the, the, the that's point. that's the per- perverse instantiation that it it will go whatever route it needs to go to get there and if it means hurting somebody um then it's it's going to do it. So I mean, where where does that well, sense of right and wrong come into play then? Uh here's the thing. I if the computer if if the AI assuming accepting the premise that we have created an, an AI that can actually process uh better than a human brain that can uh, process information uh, like a human brain and better, and assuming that it's sophisticated enough, um, I don't see, first of all, why it shouldn't have feelings. I mean, obviously, depending on what you programmed into it and what uh, sort of um, what sort of interface it has with the world, if, for example, it doesn't need to feel hungry because it doesn't need to eat food, then it won't feel hungry because that's you know it's not programmed into it but but if you were to produce that pattern of signals that we call hunger the feeling of hunger whatever that is if you were to produce that in that computer it would feel the same thing that we call hunger so uh, there's really no reason to to assume that it wouldn't be able to feel any uh emotions other than the fact that it wouldn't need to i wanted to ask a question like the only reason why we don't have an AI that loves or feels hunger or um, hates or or has a consciousness, I'm putting quotes around that, uh, is because of our inability to understand our own state of being to a degree where we could program that into a machine. And I mean, also because I feel we like don't have the technology yet. We don't have, our machines and our program programs aren't uh, advanced enough to do it yet, but, you know, theoretically it would be possible. And yes, you're right. We really have very little knowledge of our own brains, but if, if we knew how it worked and we could, you know, really, I mean, hunger might be weird because there's also the physical sensation. There are, there are neurons around your stomach that feel, but ultimately it all has to go to your brain and be processed there. So, um, you know, if you could just reproduce that part of it, 
So you oh. could you could technically turn off the turn off that part of your brain that that receives those signals from your stomach, and you'd never be hungry. You'd have to like of schedule course. yourself to eat so you wouldn't die. Yeah, I mean that happens to some people where some part of their brain is disabled, and uh, or some mechanism or it in their them brain. That they're always hungry. It tells them that they're always hungry, yeah. so they always. Feel oh yeah, to yeah, eat. yeah. There are. I've seen that on like TV where kids like are just always hungry and just miserable. It also happens when you. Uh, consume cannabis <laughs> oh really <laughs> not, that's what that is it, the, it fucks really? with your brain so that you think you're hungry really? all the time that's what munchies are oh i did what i did not no, did, i, I, I would disagree it's that because i i i do not take the pot oh really? I, I would disagree in terms of it saying that you're hungry i feel like what it does is it blocks being full if that makes sense and like eating is pleasurable um i I would say I hypothetically think, that I feel hungry necessarily. It just goes, this is fun and you don't feel full. Keep doing this. I well, think yeah, I think hypothetically what it does is is it tells you you see that box of cinnamon life on your kitchen counter. That would be great without you milk. Go eat just that. eat the go box eat of cinnamon life. But hypothetically so speaking, I think everyone knows that we have experience with this now. Um I don't know what no. you're talking about, sir. <laughs> I'm a law-abiding citizen. <laughs> sir, Break it please. The law. No, it's not self-incriminating to say that you have done it before, Jen. Obama, uh, Obama Legally said, in California and or Oregon. Obama said I'm sorry, I don't, I don't participate, nor have I ever participate, participated in illegal activities. Um, that's just not who I am as a human being. Uh-huh. Um, but hypothetically, if my brain wanted to tell me to eat that box of frosted Cheerios that I'm looking at right now, you have a lot of without cereal. milk. Just eat those. Oh, they're so good, especially without milk when you're high. Hypothetically, um, so so that interesting stuff about about virtual reality. We, it, 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 I hate sitting here thinking like we could be in somebody else's virtual reality. Um, what if? Also, what if? Season four, like, what if, like, hear me out. Oh, God. (laughs) Buck, buckle up, guys. It's going to be a ride. This is another one of those dragon. No, 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 no dragons in this one. Like, I'm kind of expecting, like, I'm I'm still holding out hope that uh, some of this is part of the simulation. um, And that, like, fucking Neo or somebody shows up and is like, so, hey, listen, Clark. Hey, hey, (laughs) listen, I'm going to need you to take this pill. Um, bear with me here. You're going to be kind of pissed. You're going to take the red pill and become a men's rights advocate. Uh, We're taking a weird turn here in season four, but... This is actually becoming a serious possibility now. There are physicists who uh, look for evidence that that we live in a virtual reality. Yeah, and it's scary some of them are like, yeah, sure, of course we are. Didn't Elon Musk say that? Yeah, we we could very much be in a a virtual reality. Yeah, I mean, and there, there's an argument that it's actually very likely that it's more likely that we are in a virtual reality than not. Be- um, wh- and why is that, Shaheen? Is it because the improbability of the spontaneity of life? Or if um, we throw out religion, because I don't think that that's a valid argument because we're talking about science here. So, it, like, are they just like abiogenesis is, is really, really tough? Or- so, assuming that humanity doesn't destroy itself. Uh, and yeah, good, good luck. 
That's, that's a pretty big caveat. That's big, yeah. <laughs> and assuming that uh, technological advancement doesn't sort of uh, come to a halt at some point, uh, we are definitely going to reach a point where we can simulate minds. And at that point, we'll be simulating minds like shit, like crazy. Like we'll just be simulating all kinds of minds. Um, Do you guys remember that movie, Strange Days? Is this from the 90s? Probably. Um, it has, uh, I want to say Ray Fonz in it and, uh, and Angela familiar. Bassett. And the idea Angela is... Angela Bassett? What? This is the Angela Bassett podcast. It is the Angela Bassett God, podcast. God, so Watch weird. Every podcast. So, so this gets back to your idea, Shaheen. So it's sort of like an inter uh, interstitial place of like this technology. Um, I, I want to say that like everything was on mini disc. That's a separate issue. Um, and basically what you would do is you would like put on this like helmety thing or something and it like, you know, picked up your brain waves and you could record experiences. You could, uh-huh. obviously this was often, very often used for sex, but like, you know, for example, crimes oh. or whatever. And so the idea was that you record this, you know, like 15 minutes of full and complete neural, um, experience, touch, mm-hmm. sound, everything. Like it is, it is that experience. Mm-hmm. And then you can buy and trade them with other people. And so mm-hmm. again, like this was the majority of it was being used for, you know, uh, you know, thrill seeking behavior and, and sex and whatever. Cause you know, it's, you know, I want to be this person having sex and, you know, but what it did was it tickled your little neurons in such a way that it was real mm-hmm. to you. Mm-hmm. Um, the end, strange days. That's there's your there's your nineties movie uh, wasn't, for this wasn't podcast. There also, a Bruce Willis movie where people would just jack into a virtual reality and never leave the the, the comfort of their couches. Uh, mm-hmm. Was there? Yes. So there's my random <laughs> directed by Catherine Bigelow of um, Hurt. I know of Hurt Locker fame. I know. So now you kind of want to see it, don't you? Not really. I don't want to go back to the nineties. There's there's other things to be watching, like Pretty Little Liars, which I'm just so 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 pathetically gay for right now. Um, <laughs> anyway, the point is that there will be more minds. <laughs> anyway. There will be more simulations running than there's the real. There are real worlds. So uh, just probability wise, the probability that you're in one of those simulations in the far in the future. Than you are actually in the year 2016. So Anya from Buffy was correct, and that there is a reality in which everything is shrimp. <laughs> I guess, no? I suppose. Right. Well, it makes me feel a lot better. I don't. Uh, but the thing is, it doesn't. It doesn't change. So, regardless of of what you actually are, it doesn't change your experience in life. Unless of you, That's unless you find out. Unless, Unless you, you're of the generation that like, finds does out. it matter to you um, if you found if you out you're in the it. matrix? Would it matter to you? You would still live your life the same way that you do. Your experiences are real. No, but what if somebody like fixates on the idea that they're just like this this little virtual reality thing, and they have an a, a, an existential crisis where they're just like, life is meaningless. I'm just zeros and ones, yeah. and. Well, you are so zeros in- and ones. If you want to get depressed about that, you should get d- depressed about that right now. It doesn't well, matter. Thanks, <laughs> it doesn't matter if you're in a computer or not, because you are just the pattern of signals. Welcome to May Week Geek again, sponsored by Lexapro. <laughs> no, we're not sponsored by anybody, guys. Not sponsored by anybody. Unless you want to sponsor us for like a thousand dollars an episode, we will oh, gladly dude, I will take sell your out money. So hard. I will. Whatever I will. I will strip that royalty-free nine-inch nails music off and put some Muzak 
at the front, some like accordion or some shit like that. Well, we will take your sponsorship all day, every day. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. So I think that the City of Light is basically a hot mess of really great ideas that... Um, <laughs> oh, that's season three. That's that season is three, also dude. season three, yes. <laughs> um, yeah, and they don't always go together. But uh, I kind of, I've come to the point where I just like to think of the City of Light as not one coherent entity, but as Uh sort of all these great ideas that I can talk about because I don't know how to reconcile them. Like, there's, I mean, symbolically, it doesn't have to be any one of them. It it sort of represents all of those things. It it in some ways symbolizes um, what we call, what I would like to call singular experiences, Uh like religious experiences. Um, where, you know, a person has an experience or, or, you know, near death experiences and such, or out of body experiences or mystic experiences where people have some experience or what you might experience on psychedelic drugs, you experience something that, uh, changes how you feel and how you think about the world. It might fundamentally change who you are and your values. Um, but you can't, communicate this to another person um there is just something that's singular is for you there's no way to tell another person what it is unless they experience it themselves and uh this is something that the city of light symbolizes you know when when jaha says for example i can tell you about the city of light but you won't understand until you experience it yourself this is exactly what a person who went through a singular experience would say I can tell you what it was like, but you won't understand it until you experience it. It's also like there's it, it applies to things like living in a different culture. I, I often feel like as a person who's lived in two very different cultures, I feel like I, there are things that I can't really explain to people. I can try to tell them what it is, but they won't understand it until they go through it themselves, until they live there for a long enough period of time. And they experience it for themselves. And it can change fundamentally how you think about a lot of things. Well, uh, I, 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 had a, I had a very similar conversation, uh, uh, probably inappropriately, at the office the other day uh-huh. um, about gender uh, and diversity um, with, with uh, a couple colleagues and, and my brother, because I, I work with my brother. Um, and was just pointing out some things like... Um, I think the conversation came up where uh, they mentioned like Rince Priebus or somebody like that mentioned that Hillary didn't smile Mm -hmm. um, in her, her interview with Matt Lauer or something like that. I'm like, you know, I was talking to a bunch of guys. I'm like, y'all realize that they'd never say that about a male, um, uh, a male candidate. And my brother was like, Oh shit. I told, our ex-boss, who is female, that she needs to smile more. And uh-huh. I didn't realize um, that that was something that may have been inappropriate. And he didn't, it wasn't coming from a, a bad place. It wasn't coming from a malicious or a sexist place. I don't think, because I like to think better of my brother. She <laughs> just, she was a weird person who wasn't very personable and wasn't very warm and didn't connect with a lot of people. And she was, I think she was trying to figure out why and, and talking to my brother about it. And that's something that he, he said, but he didn't realize because he's not a woman. Like the people I'm talking to, they don't realize what women are subjected to at times. 
Um, so you're very right. Like you don't know what an experience is until you actually experience it. And like, I will never know what it's like to live in the Middle East because I will never live there. Um, and I will never know what it's like to be a man or a person of color. Um, it's kind of like Chandler things. says, right? Everything with fucking oh friends my God, in you. you God friends, dude. <laughs> no one it's will ever know which thing. one is worse, getting kicked in the nuts or uh, labor, going through labor. Um, I mean, the fact that labor can last for days. Yeah. I'm going to go with kick, labor. Kicked in the nuts. I mean, you know, it depends on how bad it is. I mean, you could probably explode a testes or whatever, but... Um, your average, your you average don't know. You've never shot. experienced it. You will never experience it. So, well, I've, I've, uh, I, I've, I've, I've hurt the the lady parts. Like when I was young, I that fell on a fence. Count. Um, yeah, that was not good. Basically, <laughs> but, all of that. But at area least I lost. Is, I, 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 I semi lost my virginity then, so I didn't have to worry about that. That that happening when I actually did lose my virginity. Hey, hey everybody, welcome to the sex podcast. Yay! What? I'm I'm clapping for you. You've had sex. Yes, I have had sex. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for sharing, Jen. Um, yeah, I'm not even drinking, guys. I'm drinking my my two minute microwave tea. <laughs> Danny's like <laughs> Danny right now is like this is the worst podcast ever. You and your your blasphemous tea. Do you put honey um, in it? I feel like she's anti that too. Do you put honey no, in your tea, Shaheen? I put a shit ton of sugar. So yeah, it, this is interesting because we don't really know how the people who've <laughs> Back taken to the virtual reality and experience <laughs> thing. Yeah, but we we need to we need to start moving on. Yeah, because uh, I think we've um, discussed this. Yeah, I was just going to say, we don't know how they uh, feel or how they experience things. And, you know, this becomes important when we talk about mind control later, because I feel like a lot of the things that they do, you don't even need to explain it with mind control because you can you can explain it with, well, they everything looks different to them. Uh, I mean, Jaha says the outside world means nothing to us. They really come to a point where they feel like... Um, the the material the outside material world doesn't matter anymore so so it's, I, it's something disagree. you can't understand until you take it and then when you take the key like that that girl that we see in much later uh this season the grounder girl who, who got crucified and took the key and she the first thing she said when she popped in the city of light was i understand now so um Again. So I'm sure I'm sure we'll disagree in the future about um, how much control people have. Uh, I would like yeah. for you to consider. I don't even know what I believe, so I don't know what I disagree. Well, I would like to, I would like for you to consider Shaheen that Jaha is not to be trusted as a narrator for this story. Uh -huh. I think I think his I think his experience and his relationship with Ali is very different from the some from most of everybody who who takes the 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 key and and enters the city of light i think he is an inconsistent and not trustworthy uh narrator of of that story I mean, and i think it's interesting because you're like uh your your uh night of faith thing is very much present with him um mm. throughout this the whole season but i i do i, in terms I would of like having for you to agency, consider i can i can mention other ones who've had agency but We'll get yeah, there. Yeah, but when, again, when we we'll, we'll talk about degrees of agency. I think yeah. I think it's an inconsistent thing that's applied 
as needed a, yeah. as the, the the script calls for it. So it's it's one of those things where yeah, like that's the one thing that see, I'm you, not happy about with this season. Yeah. So 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 it's kind of like you know a, a inconsistencies throughout uh, the whole season. So you see a ton of them with the City of Light. I see a ton of them with with the characters. And how they are, um, how they are treated. Um, I think let's, let's get to, um, so we can fit everything in. We've got about 20 more minutes. Let's talk about some interesting tidbits, tomfoolery and shenanigans. What I really want to know is who the fuck bathed Murphy when he got to the mansion (laughs) and he was unconscious. Who bathed that guy and shaved him? I'm like, where were these, where were these times on camera? I want to see some of that. Was it, was it that, that big, huge, uh, what was that big dude's name? That, Gideon. uh, Morris slit his uh, throat. Gideon. Do you think Gideon was like washing John I kind of think Murphy it was down? Jaha. Cause like, he's totally got this like Messiah. He's like totally Jesus washing the whore's feet or whatever. Like, I feel like he <laughs> would like Zen out and feel very like, Oh my God. Self-important to like, crustily deal with gross Murphy who's like because he was pouring wine on himself like dude was why did nasty he, why did Murphy pass out anyway I mean he wasn't hungry I think he no he had nothing but crackers and alcohol that whole time like I don't think he, he had, had any rickets and scurvy at that point and like vitamin D deficiency yeah like he <laughs> like yeah that dude he was living on he was living on saltines and like a, a blended scotch and that's that's that's, a, that's like good for a weekend that's good for a weekend and I'm not saying that I've done it hypothetically um, hypothetically I mean, those, those crackers were supposedly survival food right they were like they were bunker food what so they were they, like lambus bread they must have all the nutrients. Yeah, I, I don't know about that. The other thing is, like, I, I'm I'm sad that uh, that Sean Mendes isn't the worst thing that happened this season, um, right? And like what if, the fuck was that? He's just a huge fan of the show, so they just awkwardly shoehorned him in. Yeah, it was and super I don't I don't like awkward. the kind of I don't like his kind of warbly uh, uh, songstress voice that he has. Like, can he give me a man? Um, and that's my sexism showing. Give me a man who can sing, not some boy. Don't give me. I don't want your boys. Um, and I fucking love Naya. I just love Naya so much. And then she was dead. The end. Ugh, what a dumpster fire that fourth episode was. God damn it. Except for the fight. The, the fight, fight was, was awesome. The fight was awesome. the The moment where Clark realized that she was completely in love with Alexa was awesome. Do you guys um, agree that the fight should have been cut a little bit down? And then no, what the fuck are you talking the, about? That fight was awesome. To to make room for the deleted mean? scene. No. Yes. Why not? No. Fuck that. What a what that what was that? Like it took Shocking like ten minutes of the time. Forget this. That was their Game of Thrones moment. That was the we are putting a stake in the ground because if you think about it, there wasn't any huge like fight set pieces. Like I would have loved a huge war scene between uh, Ice Nation and the other the other clans, but that never that never transpired because they they cut that whole Ice Nation threat uh, storyline into into nothing. But no, I mean that was really good. They needed they needed to. I think uh, there wasn't. They needed to just get rid. Like the fact that there were a few other like. I don't think we needed 
I don't think we needed to see, I knew that we were going to see Emerson again, but we didn't uh-huh. need to see him again. We didn't need the horror episode. Yeah, um, I agree with that. <laughs> so I think like if we could have spread that 45 minutes around I don't elsewhere. Think, I, I don't think with, uh, I don't think with Alicia Dubnam carries. Uh, uh, you, I'm talking about purely from a schedule. wish list in my mind. No, I mean, that episode yeah. could no, be no, used I, for other so purposes. So how dare too. I impose reality and, and you know, business on the actual timeline of the, the story. Yeah, I just, they just needed to say, you know how, you know how like the whole thing with, with accessorizing is supposed to like, before you leave the house, look in the mirror and take one thing off. That's what they needed to do with season three. They need to like, look at season three and lop a storyline off and be like, okay, let's concentrate on. I don't on- need two pairs of earrings in the same ear hole. Yeah, I mean, that's just too much. It's gauche. It's just gauche. I mean, come on. Tim Gunn would not approve. Honestly. Make it work moment. So what do you guys uh, got some interesting tidbits for us, Joe? Um, Why the fuck did Murphy not drop that fucking backpack? Like, more, in addition to Bellamy and Clark having a conversation, if Murphy had dropped the fucking backpack. Uh, You mean Drop it in the water. He tossed it in the water. Yeah, he dropped. He tossed it in the water. No, but like left it in there and like opened it up. They were gonna do something with it, like because they like pulled it right out. Like if if they had destroyed the backpack in that whole thingy, Uh like everything would have been fucking fine. Um, Also, I just kind of so basically season three over. Drops a backpack. Everything's great. (laughs) Like like they just kind of like chill and like make s'mores and like maybe go hang out with Luna on the oil rig, but she's not quite as cunty to them because like everything's cool. Mm. How dare you? What? Speaking of the backpack. Just dis, dis Luna like that. It's not her fault. She just wants peace. She just wants to like, she just wants to sing her Fleetwood Mac songs and play her tambourine in peace. God, leave Grounder Stevie Nicks out of this. <laughs> uh, speaking <laughs> of the backpack, yeah. I-, I wanted to just do another quick pedantic explanation um, These are you. never quick. These are never quick, Shahid. <laughs> no, this one is. Your, your the, understanding of the word quick I'm and our understanding you have of the word quick seconds. are two different things. All right, the, let's go. 20 the, seconds. Explain to me like I'm five. Is, <laughs> if you fucking let yeah. me talk, the backpack <laughs> is made of two parts, right? There's a nuclear mm. power cell and there's a server. Um, the the thingy with the, 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 at the top, the round thing is the nuclear power, power cell. And then the blue little egg that's the server so there was some confusion about that later on so let's just keep that in mind the power cell comes from the the nuclear why is this important warhead oh because there um, was some part where Murphy there's a part where they separate to... it they start separating it and so there there was some confusion as to how that was possible um it basically what all they do is they take it they take the power cell move it away from the server so they can smash the server so oh okay okay all right all right i i all right i remember that scene now yeah yeah i don't think i don't think uh i understood that correctly um joey said nyla is murphy's in real life sister does everybody this know is that, true. that that jessica, it's, uh, jessica, jessica Harmon is richard Harmon's sister and richard Harmon's sister macked on clark Mm-hmm. There's yes. some is- panther slaying up in that <laughs> trading post, right? Is wow. Nyla yeah. Ice Nation? Uh, no, no, I think, I think she's, she's generic. Not necessarily. I don't know if she's, she's tree crew, crew but she is of 
of the people who live nearby, whatever the fuck that means. Well, uh, wasn't Clark supposed to be hiding in Ice Nation territory? Mm-mm. No, I think she was always in Tree Crew territory. I just I get the impression that Tree Crew territory is huge. Well, no, remember when they said we need to go uh, when the, when they met Pike's crew first when they met Farm Station. By the way, I love that scene. Um, they they told them that they need to go find Clark, and they were like, "Where's Clark?" And they said, "We need to go north." And Pike was, "Oh shit, we're going back into hell." Um, so they said, and, and uh, Hannah said. If she's in Ice Nation territory, she's going to, you know, something or something. So they were. But, but that, that Ice Nation army was in Tree Crew territory. The Ice Nation yeah, army was, was about to cross exactly. the Tree Crew territory. And remember that by that time, they were near Polis. So uh, they were in the, like, the, in the, the subway is in Polis. So Clark is really good at hiding. She's been there the whole time. She was actually living in Lincoln's leg. Lincoln. My assumption was that Nyla's the stores... The statue, not, not the person. <laughs> I was like, that is the weirdest thing ever. The, um, and my she, she has red the... hair, so she's basically unrecognizable. Exactly. Who's that girl? All right. That not, yeah, my assumption was that Nyla's um, trading post was in Ice Nation. Uh, was no, in Ice I, Nation think, territory. I think... I think all of that's in, in Tree Crew territory. Well, I, I provided a bunch of evidence, and you all you said is no. Because because it it, it because he was because even, Nyla's father was part of the three hundred uh, uh, that Bellamy and Pike killed. So I'm assuming also, that was a Tree Crew army led by Indra, who's the Tree Ice Crew Nation is clan really leader. far north. Well, yeah, they, they're yes, in Canada. They were far north. Uh, far north. I mean, the, even in the rover, when they were in the rover going to find Clark with Indra and everyone, they said, uh, Indra said, if she's in uh, Ice Nation territory, she's going to need supplies. So let's hit the supply station, the trading posts. So. I mean, we'll take a fucking po- Maybe we can ask. I, I did not, like, her face wasn't scarred up. Yeah. Um, they, I mean, they didn't present she could be her like an immigrant. Ice Nation. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah. We're trying to make this your story, Shaheen. <laughs> but it would um, be actually so I, would I, be I, very I, interesting if she were Ice Nation. It would be very interesting. Um, it so would show Nyla that- and Clark are Endgame. Like they will unite the the clans. And uh-huh. <laughs> Mike, why, well, why does it have to be? Why does it have to be Nyla? Why can't it be Roan and, and Clark? Because Roan is going to be with Bellamy and Murphy. You shut your goddamn mouth. I <laughs> <laughs> so. We're so bad with our ships. Um, but uh, the the army, the peacekeeping force was supposed to be... I, I wasn't sure if that was like a NATO thing. It was like a, a force uh, composed <laughs> of different clans. Or no, whether I it got, was so, all tree so, crew. So I think it was all tree crew because that was the only, that was the only thing that they could rally at the moment. Because every, all the other clans, their, their armies are spread out across the territories. Um, and then in Hakeldama, um, when Lexa says, gather the armies of the 12 clans, they're obviously not immediately in the vicinity to to rally. They have to, like, send out word well, sure, all to the ones that gather were them. So, so. <laughs> I'm assuming those 300 people, including Nyla's dad, were, were tree crew under Indra's, uh, Indra's command. So that that is why the assumption is that Clark is hiding out in tree crew territory, the trading post denial of tree crew. Well, and your very first like, premise is questionable. So, um, 
I, I don't I don't think it is. Let's move on to well, actually, because we we need to start wrapping <laughs> this this puppy up. Um, how did Clark learn how to speak perfect uh, uh, Trigetus Lang in three months with with very minimal contact with with grounders? I'm assuming she's only really talking to Nyla uh, at this point in time. Like, how how does bitch learn such good Trigetus Lang? I don't know, but I like that uh, a few, like, hold on is slow your roll. Like, I fucking loved that. Um, and that, and that like, make way was step off. Like, I I enjoyed those, those little bits. Yeah, I, I like, slow the, your I like roll. the parts of, I like the parts of Tree Get a Slang that are really, uh, uh, like, either slang or just, like, uh, lightning or thunder, I believe, is Skycrasha um, from the uh, Grounder Anthem, which... <laughs> was amazing. Love the grounder anthem, but it's like I, I love parts of the language where it's like, okay, I can totally see where this came from, and then so other parts are just like, what? what? It's like no head and no mole. Like, Do you guys what? know is what the word for no? about is, or yeah, about or um, because of? Mm-mm. It's hashtag. It comes hashtag? from hashtag. Yes. Hashtag. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? <laughs> Okay, so some other things like guys, how is Raven with her bum leg driving a stick shift? No, it's because her left powered. Foot, they no, they a stick have... shift, stick shift. No, it, but that, I'm saying the, the rover. Did we see shift. her shifting? It's a stick shift rover. How do we know? Because I pay attention to these things, and she'd have to, uh, she'd have to use her left leg to work the clutch. I, I didn't. I don't remember seeing her shift. Yeah, it's stick shift. Um, pay attention next time. That would be nice. Okay. You put a little, if you could put a little effort into this podcast while you're planning your own podcast. And then fucking, I'm going to chronicle the 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 tragic comedy that is Clark's, Clark's hair, hair throughout this oh, whole God. season. It gets so bad. What? Like, why, why do these fuckers need to put hair extensions into Clark? Like... I understand her hair's got to get a little bit wild and longer or whatever, but why they got to like double the volume of her hair and like put some horse hair and shit in it? I just don't understand. Like, why does why does there bitches got to be birds doing that? nesting in there? There, were there was critters. like an ecosystem up in there, like a like beavers building dams and like I don't just some shit going on. There's parts of it I like where I'm like, ah, oh, that that looks kind of good, but other parts I'm like, ah. Beyonce can have her weave back now, because that's just um, not looking good. Here's my but Beyonce question. would never wear that. No, Beyonce God, would no. never Beyonce's wear quality. So no. Beyonce, she's having. She's got the experts making her look dressed to the nines all the time. Like she never has a dull moment. All right, what, um, what about you guys for your well actuallys? So here, here's the one that we really haven't discussed too much. Let's say Bellamy hadn't been having a heart-to-heart with Octavia on top of the Mount Weather, like, hill entrance thing when they, like, captured Echo. And, like, they were they were looking pretty, like, the, the Sky Crew guards were looking pretty iffy on any sort of grounders. Like, what if Bellamy hadn't been there? Like, the entire premise of this trap being set was, like, very, uh, like, this needed to happen, then this needed to happen, and then this, and this, and this, and, like... You take away one domino and nothing would have worked. Yeah. It was all, it was a little, it was a little contrived for this whole thing, which is not to say that I did not love sort of the buildup and then the, oh my God, reveal of like the assassin is in the house. Um, 
you know, calls coming from inside awesome. the house. Yeah, that exactly. was fucking fantastic. I, I enjoyed whole, that. The tension of those like three to four minutes of go it was in, good cutting between Mount Weather and back to Polis. That was that was fan. That was one of the best moments of season three. Um, it was really unexpected. Um, so they, they did fantastic with that. But yeah, the they they do really stretch the credibility of like how. What if Bellamy like, hadn't I, been there? Nobody like, else knew. I mean, the I hope would have been that, that, that they're would scouting. That I'm going to assume that they were count. They were scouting. Um, they were going to use Echo with Bellamy, and they were just kind of scouting when they could actually pull it off. Maybe I, I mean, know. but that's again like that's a that's Honey, a little reachy. What about what about you, Shai? What's your well well actually? Um, I just have one. I I think that there should have been at least a few more people like Gideon who had already joined the City of Light. Uh, I mean, it's a little empty. I'm <laughs> I like, mean, who was keeping that mansion clean? Well, the thing is, I mean, forget about all of that. There are all these like we don't Gideon. know how long the City of Light has existed, but uh, it must be long enough for there to be a mythology around it where people take off going into the desert uh, to find it. So you would think that of all these mutated people who had no other place to go. We're looking for the city of light. There would be more people who, who found it, and Allie would have wanted more, uh, more help, right? More human help. So uh, it's just weird. And why is um, why haven't Emory and Otan taken the chip yet? Um, so yeah, that's just that's. I don't think that makes any sense. There should have been more people in the city of light. I'm going to assume that she was fairly isolated. I mean, obviously we saw that, uh, that Jaha and his, his, uh, cadre of, of followers had to cross the, the dead zone. And that was not an easy thing. I think the scavengers like Amori and are few and far between as well, maybe. So I don't like know. What it's, happened it's, to Zorn and, and, uh, Sienna and, and her husband. Well, Zorn is in the upside down. Yeah, Zorn is in the. No, he wasn't in the upside down. He's a. Uh, maybe he got out. Like I'm just saying, like he had to go find a friend and buy some Christmas lights. Yeah. So Zorn is. Zorn was Mike. So Zorn was not Will. He was not in the upside down. He was trying to find Will. Um. Yeah. I don't. Sienna and I. I just assume that they were like plot device to introduce the idea of the city of light in season two. Um, well, they said that the, the indication was that, uh, there are lots of people looking for it, especially people who have nowhere to go. People who have been out cast out. Extras cost extras with speaking parts cost extras, money. Shaheen extras cost extra. I mean, I would have been know, happy there's with only like so many red shirts, three so more people or something. I would, I would have been happy with that. Like two or three more people. <laughs> I, anyway, you know, again, I think like Gideon was a plot device to introduce the idea of there's no death in the city of light. There's no pain. There's no hunger. There's no nougat. But there's ice so, cream apparently. Uh, well, yeah, there's 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 ice cream. Um, so uh, we'll in our next episode, in episode ten of May We Geek Again, we're going to be discussing. Uh, we'll be further discussing season three and we'll be talking about episodes five through eight. Um, some top, Ooh, tough boy. episodes. Oh boy. 
Um, we're going to try to be as um, even-handed as possible when talking about those guys. We're not going to be like uh, going in on anybody because I don't think that's an appropriate use of this podcast. Which is not um, to say that we won't be like also discussing things. Like, yeah, we will be discussing things, but I think we'll be we'll be we'll be fair. Um, we'll be adults. To, yeah, we'll 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 be as adult as possible. So let's talk about some TV shows to recommend. Um, so there's a couple new shows on TV on FX, half hour comedies that I'm I'm watching that are pretty good and got some critical acclaim. First one is called Atlanta. Um, that one's a, a is it good? Yeah, calling it a comedy is like it's not a sitcom, guys. Don't expect a multicam or a single cam comedy. It's uh, it's it's a show that has funny parts, but it's more introspective than than a, a regular regular old comedy. Um, Better Things is also on FX, and it's probably a little bit more along the lines of what you'd expect out of a comedy. But again, it's. Um, it's not a, a laugh track, uh, multicam type thing. Um, and FX doesn't do those, I don't think. Who so, watches uh, those? Um, old people who only have CBS, I guess. I don't know. Um, and now you know what I think of CBS comedies. I don't watch any of them. They are shit. Um, but, but anyway. Um, and something uh, uh, I'm really looking forward to, my hype is building and that is for Westworld on HBO. This is a, a premium show that probably is costing HBO shit ton of money. If you've looked at the cast list, that includes Sir Anthony Hopkins among others. Um, it looks really impressive from a casting standpoint. Um, I don't really know. Like the premise of the show, I think is like kind of what we were talking about before is a, a, a virtual world where people actually enter into physically. And I believe they're, I don't know if the, the, I don't know if they're androids or whatever that kind of populate, uh, the world. It's a, it's an old West theme. Um, so you've got kind of this future stuff and this past stuff going along at the same time. And it looks, it looks kind of terrifying and sexy and action packed and just, I'm going into it with very little knowledge of what the actual storyline is because I want to be, I want to be, uh, watch it with fresh eyes. But, um, a couple of folks who have seen the first four episodes, uh, rave about it. Um, I was a little worried about the show because it stopped production in the middle of filming. Um, and whenever a show basically shuts down in the middle of filming, you're like, ugh, something bad is happening. And it was really, they wanted to stop and, actually map out the next five seasons of the show. So they knew where the, the rest of this season of their first season was going to go and then where they would go in the future. So um, I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, we need more premium genre shows on channels like HBO. So, so premium channels keep making genre shows and genre shows keep getting the attention and the awards that they deserve. Because right now, unless you uh, it, unless your show name is uh, Game of Thrones, genre isn't getting any um, any sort of awards um, attention whatsoever, and it's it's kind of pathetic because we got a lot of great stuff happening right now, both acting and story wise uh, across the networks. So I cannot wait to watch it. Joe, what are you watching? 
Um, let's see. So the- we tried to give Dark Matter a shot um, because I know, I know, I know. Um, so and- disappointed. Uh, well, so like, here's the thing. Like, it started out kind of shitty. Like, not <laughs> shitty, but like a little like, okay, we're like a little like, we're, we're settling into our like, um, you know, sci-fi-ness. And like, okay, interesting premise. Like, people wake up on a spaceship. Everyone has amnesia. Like, dun, dun, dun. Okay, fine. And then like, it started to get better. And like, some of the writing was like, there were some good lines. And like, the cast was actually like, pretty likable. And so you're watching it. And then it just kind of like flatlined and you're like, wow, so this is not getting any better. Like unlike the hundred or, you know, anything like Killjoys, anything else where you're like, oh, this is getting better. This was just kind of like, and so we couldn't, we didn't even finish the first season. Um, So then, then uh, girlfriend decided uh, that we were going to go in a completely other direction. And now (laughs) we are, um, (laughs) we are marathoning our way through Ballers, which uh, (laughs) is on HBO. It's on HBO. It stars Dwayne The Rock Johnson uh, as a an ex-football player turned oh, wait, financial oh, manager. The fucking rock. It's it's just it's a silly show. Like it's not great highbrow, but like it's entertaining and there's flashy cars and people are pretty. Yeah, it's not the best best comedy on HBO. I mean no. Veep, I think, is is the best by far. Um but yeah, it's, it's sort it's, of it's, it's really interesting that you guys are watching the show. Like it's so just like sports. what two lesbians can't watch, uh, you know, football dudes. I hate to be that. St- I hate to stereotype you guys, but I'm just like, it's it's football. It's testosterone. It's just like something that it, it's it's hard for me to sometimes watch because it's just too too much too much testosterone, too much masculinity at times. I'm like. God damn, I love you, Rob, but Rock, but come on. Uh it's just I, I don't know, much, maybe maybe it's good because we can dick. we can we we know that the dick ain't gonna swang this way, so it's not in any way like over the top. Like there there is so little dick in my life that this does not <laughs> tip the scales is, one way so or the other. So this is a well this is a welcome dick. <laughs> this is this is, you know, we are we have not reached our dick quota. And so if we're going to put Dick into the basket of Dick quota, like, why not be the rock? This is a fantastic conversation. Uh, <laughs> so You're the one who watches actual football. We're watching TV pretend football. Yeah, no, I realize that. Um, and, and pretend football is kind of fun, too. So I think... Uh, Shaheen, are you watching anything? No, I'm not watching anything. <laughs> are you still watching Harmon? Not Harmon Town. Um, Harmon Harman Quest. Come are you still on, Harmon Town. Yes, of course, I'm still watching Harmon Quest. Um, no, I, I don't. I'm not. I'm not watching anything right now. But I kind of plan on catching up with The Big Bang Theory. I kind of stopped. Oh my God! Here's, it. It. here's a CBS fuck, sitcom, dude. dude. Why? Um, I love sitcoms. Too. Yeah, bad I just, sitcoms too. It was great. The Big Bang Theory was great for the first three, four seasons, and then I don't know. It kind of just became my. I love sitcoms that that but, need a laugh track to tell you when the funny bits are. Uh huh. <laughs> and I'm being facetious. I hate sitcoms that have a laugh track. I hate multi multi cam sitcoms. I just do. I hate them. Hate them. Hate them. 
But I'm a snob I think that, when it comes to that. Was the weirdest part going back and rewatching the first season of I want to say Community had a laugh track in like the first half Did? of the first season, and it was weird, like super weird. Well, so, it's not always a track show. Sometimes it's actual live audience. Again, not not not. No, my, I don't not like my it. Tea. Don't don't like it. It's it's such a holdover from the seventies that it's just like. You know, they might as well be watching Three's Company on reruns. <laughs> Shaheen, did you ever watch Community? Uh, no. Really? That's also Dan what? Harmon, right? Yeah. What? Yeah. No, I haven't watched Dude, it. you need to watch Community. Try and hop it in the morning. Um, <laughs> I haven't really watched that much TV, guys. That's quite apparent. Well, anyway, uh, so that's what we're watching. Uh, again... Check us out on social media on Facebook and Twitter at if there's uh, maybe, if there's a poll that you would like us to run, let us know. Yeah, especially have- if it involves sex or ice cream. All right, so um, catch us next time on the flip side. Uh, maybe geek again, but not the upside down. <laughs>